0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zoom. two Atlanta natives recapping the funeral that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and depression. Adam, how's it going, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's gonna be the only laugh we get this entire episode. How do you think it's going, Graham? You answer for me. Well, you know, I just, I just don't, I don't know how to feel today, Graham. Um, we're going through some painful losses with uh, the two teams that we care about the most, one of which we had no hope for, the other of which we did, and I still really don't want to talk about it. I really don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good on you. You, you, you. you nailed me, Graham. Um, yeah, it's, uh, this is the episode that we all hoped we wouldn't have to do, but we all kind of knew that we would have to do as well, because we live in Atlanta. Sure. And um, here we are. There's there's a lot to go through. Oh, and I, I see Graham has thorough um, show notes this week, which first time in years is a little upsetting because I was hoping to that we would gloss over a lot of this and forget most of it and just let it die until like five years from now when we watch YouTube videos of the recap of this just for shits and giggles. I don't think I'll be revisiting this series very much like most series that we don't win, which is all of them since 2001. Um, this series loss to the Cardinals has made me... Net, well, basically, it is it is ensured that I will never get excited for another playoff series again for the Braves. Like, never, it's not like I won't watch it. It's not like I won't be into it, but I won't be like hopeful at all or expect anything. I was trying to approach this series like that, especially the first two games. But once we won that game three, all of that, because that was such a great comeback with Duvall and Dansby doing all that damage to Martinez, uh, uh, you know, in the ninth inning and coming off Soroka's just incredible performance. Um, At that point, once game four was going, I was like, all right, I'm all in. I don't care. I'm throwing all my hopes and dreams into the the next game. We got to win it. We don't want to come back here like I was so pumped for game 4. And because we, you know, shit the bed. And that's the first time I think we've had a lead in a series since 2002. Yes, 2002 uh, we also blew a 2-1 series lead to the Giants. It's easy to get ahead of. You. I mean, I was I was thinking ahead already. I was like, "Oh, hell yeah, man. This sets up perfect. We got um, Soroka set to go game one against the Dodgers now. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't quite happen like that, Graham. Yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily looking that far ahead, but I was definitely like, I was always emotionally invested, but I was confident for the first time in my life. Not my in my life, but since I was 11, 13, 14, whatever. I was actually confident that the Braves would win a series. And that we would actually be able to do something for once. But once, but instead, it's the same old story. It's true to Atlanta, classic Atlanta bullshit that bit us in the ass. Game five was sort of this shitstorm that just slapped us across the face. I mean, I was literally sitting in traffic listening to the game and trying to get home. And for the moment, I was on Motors Industrial Way, which is this little shitty uh, road that's parallel to 285 to eventually get on at 285. I was sitting there for five, like 10 minutes and with, at a red light. And from the time I was there to the time I got on 285, we were already down five to nothing. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Yeah, that was, I mean, the, one funny story. From, we were at the Glenwood all excited to watch this game. And um, Philly John pointed out that some guy came in, older gentleman wearing a Braves shirt, Came in. It was already like 9 nothing at this point, but, you know, 20 minutes after the game started, so you'd assume it's still a ball game. He comes in, sits down at the bar, pulls out his cigarettes, clearly settling in for about three hours of watching baseball and drinking, and then after he gets all his stuff situated, uh, looks up at the TV, sees the score, just gets quiet for a second and quietly picks his things back up. <laughs> Puts it back in his pocket, walks out the door. Oh, God. It's uh, how we all felt. But yeah, what a, what a shit show. I mean, uh, for all, I don't know if you want to go in order in this shit. Who can bounce around? Um, but for all this shit to come down to Freddie, who had already had a terrible series, botching that ground ball that looked like a tailor made double play that would have ended the inning 1 0. And who knows where we are right now? Right. Like, if that's a 1 nothing ball game, we might knock some of those runs in. Like, it's a completely different. Well, yeah. You there'd actually be pressure on uh, what's his face? On Flaherty. On Flaherty. And um, yeah, you just never know. So, for us to just be out of it after the first inning is just a travesty. Not even after, like, in the first inning. Literally, not even when the first inning's over. It's like, like it's like, and. In, in, and not even a third of an inning, the game was over. And Fulte didn't look that terrible to me. It was just like you could just feel the momentum slipping away. And then Freed came in and sucked even worse than Fulte. Which was crazy because he had been such daggers in the in the games that he had he had pitched in. Well, the first two. That's what I mean. He, he pitched in. Oh, no, he did not pitch in game three. Which was, we'll get to that later. No, no, he pitched in Game 3 and wasn't that good. He didn't pitch in Game 4. Oh, that's right. He didn't pitch in Game 4. Yeah, you're right. He didn't pitch terribly or anything. It's not like he gave up a run. But he, he wasn't the same thing. He no. was in Game 1 and Game he, 2. No, he wasn't. But, yeah, that Game 5 was something else. At least, and at the very least, we were just slaughtered, and it wasn't like we, you know, choked away a big lead like you'd expect us, expect us to are losing some sort of heartbreaking... Well, I guess we did lose in a heartbreaking error in the sense that Freddie could, you know, if he makes that play like you were saying. But Nine runs! How ridiculous! Have we given up more than six runs in an inning all fucking year? No, I don't think so. Ten runs is ridiculous. The way the the last one scored on our now-retired catcher, I mean, I think that's the moment when he decided to retire. When he basically (laughs) couldn't stand up and just fell over in, like, embarrassing fashion. Yeah. I mean, that was just perfect. Yeah, that was that was, a, that was like a nice little button on the end in there. But it shouldn't even come down to that, Adam. We should have... I mean, this thing could have been over in four games. Uh, easily. And... I don't know where to start, really. I mean, like, we look at... I, I mean, think about what the Cardinals did in this series. You know, game one... Everybody looks like shit. Like they—they're the best defensive team in the in the league collectively. They make all these errors in, in game one. We had a three-nothing lead. We could have had more runs. Yeah, first inning of game that, one, we that, should have knocked in a more than one. Yeah, Acuna uh, walks. I think Ozzy walked after that, but unfortunately Acuna was thrown out trying to steal on Yadi Molina with no <laughs> outs, which was stupid. What was even dumber was uh, Freddie got a single, one of his four hits in the series in that first inning, and Acuna would have scored on that play. That could have made up the difference in the game. So, I mean, as as great of a series that Acuna had offensively. And I I'm not putting the series loss on him at all. But the postseason comes down to little things like that making huge, huge difference. Keep in mind that Acuna was running on his own accord there. He was not given the steal sign. Yeah. And I'm okay with him having the green light, but he has to have, you know, he has to have the wherewithal to realize he's... he's He's going up against one of the best defensive catchers ever, and there are no outs. And if you get thrown out in that scenario, you have literally castrated your offense in a way completely. Well, I don't because, know about literally. I mean, I'm just saying though, you take the momentum out. You know, the the, the uh, was feeling the pressure there. He, you know, he walks. Acuna walks Ozzy because of a hit to Freddie. I mean, like there were. It, it's just like that could have snowballed for us yeah. in a positive way, True. but Acuna takes the momentum away because he just gives Good the point, Cardinals man. an out. Yeah, Mikolas looked like a loser pitcher out yeah. there. Like he looked like we should have jumped all over that guy. Yeah, him and Dakota Hudson. We should have slaughtered. I mean, he did score four runs off of Hudson, but whatever. I mean, it's not a. Anyways, back to game one. It was it was kind of like you know, and the Cardinals make all these errors, and it was just it was just crazy. And we were up 3 nothing, and then it was like it reminded me of the 2010 series against the Giants uh, when Billy Wagner pulled his oblique, I think, in game three, the game we won over there. And when we come back for game four, he's not available. A little different in this scenario, but Chris Martin comes out to pitch, I believe, in the seventh inning, and um, he doesn't get a chance because he pulls his oblique. And who replaces him? None other other than uh, America's hero, Luke Jackson, who promptly gives up a a, a homer to Goldschmidt and has a shitty inning. And then Mark Melanson... There you go, Graham. ...said his name right. Now that the season's over. Now that the season's over. uh, Has a horrible game one, And it all just sort of cascaded from there, and it's just like... It seems like either we self-destruct or someone gets hurt when they shouldn't have, or it's just all these things happen, or we don't execute. It feels like it always comes down to the, the way we lose, it feels like it always comes down to us just totally fucking up, and it's not the other team that does anything that great. It's just us. That Chris Martin thing really did hurt. Cause how many runs were we up at the time? We were up 3-1. Three, 3-1, three, and we had it set up perfectly for Martin, Green, Green Mel- Melanson. Melanson, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, if Melanson doesn't have to come in in the eighth inning, he might pitch better, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's just, he came up with guys on. And then... Martin being hurt means Julio Tehran gets on, back onto the postseason roster. And who gives up the inning, 10th uh, inning runs? Julio Tehran in yeah. Game 4. Oh, he shouldn't have even been in that position, in my opinion. But he but he was. He wouldn't have even been on the roster. No, it wouldn't have even been an yeah. option. You're exactly right. So that that's the kind of shit you can't control. The Cardinals also hit a ridiculous amount of balls that are just like right over the third or first base line. Or these little blue bullshit hits. Uh, One of like, Carpenter in in game one hit a little blooper down the line, left field line that uh, Duvall couldn't get to, but he made a hell of a play to throw. uh, I can't remember who was trying to score the second run, but the game was tied at that point, and you just felt in my heart. I was just like, God damn it, here we go again. Um, I didn't fully read the article because I've been boycotting all sports the last couple days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you hear about Major League Baseball? Because remember, we set all types of records this year with home runs. With these new bullshit balls that they have. That they, changed, they changed, they the changed them up for the playoffs. Yeah, How many fucking balls did we hit to the fence? A lot. A lot. Yeah. That would have been gone with the space balls. Yes. I don't know why they... I mean, just do it next year. Yeah, you, you play, don't change you play, it up. Yeah, you play like this the whole year. It's stupid. That's why all of a sudden there's like great pitching matchups where we haven't had those all year. Yeah. Just do that next year, you fucking losers. It's like... Uh, it's like the. It wild, always comes back to hurt us, Graham. Yeah, it's always like it's always the. Uh, it's like the wild card game, which I hate because you baseball is predicated on a game of series the whole year. You play a series. You try. Your goal is to win the series, and it should make sense that in the playoffs your goal should be to win another series to beat a team to advance, which it is for the most part, with the exception of the wild card game, which is just one game. Even if it was the best of three series, at least it's like you're following the rules of baseball, kind of thing. It's just another. Way for Major League Baseball to make it a, more convenient for them the time being. Uh, you know, people want those high stakes, high leverage pitchers duels in the in the postseason. Whereas in the regular season, to keep everyone interested, because now everyone's watching every game, it's like, oh, let's let everybody hit. Let's have guys. You know, let's, let's let every Major League team set a record for home runs because we'll juice these balls wherever they did. It's fucking bullshit. Baseball is a is another soulless. Corporate enterprise just designed to fuck with Atlanta, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And at least we stuck it to them in Game 5 by giving up 10 runs so making that. Um, they probably lost a lot of viewers in that game. Yeah. We said fuck five you guys. R- 10 runs without any home without runs. Without any games. home runs. Who can yeah. do that? Yeah, exactly. And the thing that was crazy to me about this series, too, is that the only guys who really did anything outside of Game 5 was, was Goldschmidt and Ozuna. Every other Cardinal had a terrible offensive series. Until I like game five. I know Molina had the game-winning sack fly and that bullshit hit off. The one uh, just half an inch over Freddie's glove. Which if he makes, we probably win that game and we're not even having this conversation. And we getting ready for Sirocco versus Anibal Sanchez as Hugo was nice enough to point out. Oh, that would have been so great. But instead. On a Friday night. On a Friday night. <sighs> it's the worst. Instead, we get the most depressing podcast we've ever had to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. We did one after the Super Bowl. No, we actually our show started like two months after the Super Bowl, so we were able to at least really, <laughs> yeah, at least get our. We we're able to at least uh, you know be a little more mentally there. Okay, it wasn't as depressing. So this yeah, this is probably the most depressing. It one probably is um, who? So I view this even though there's a lot of way you know fingers you can point your finger at a number of different folks to blame, but I view this whole thing as a collective failure. The middle of the order sucked. Let's break it down, shall we? Freddie hits 200, and that is being kind because in the games that actually mattered, he sucked. Yeah, and any chance he had to win a ball game for us, he struck out and looked terrible. Doing yeah, which was multiple times. I mean, think about Acuna gets on base 16 times and only scores once. And think of all the times Freddie had to knock him in, especially in that Game 4 Cardinals game. Acuna gets a leadoff triple. No one can get him in with zero outs. That's atrocious. Then in the ninth inning, he gets a leadoff double. No one can knock him in. Zero outs. It's ridiculous. So Freddie hits 200 with a walk and a home run. Donaldson, 158, two walks and a home run. Markekis, 143, one walk. And all his slash lines were below 200. So like sub 200 on base, sub 200 slugging. Awful. McCann hit 188. Uh, the only guys that really did anything of consequence was Acuna, Albies, Duvall, who was the last person I was expecting to, to be a hero, and uh, Dansby. That was it. Everyone else was garbage. Why did Brian McCann start every game? Great question. I mean, McCann. I will say this. I think he calls. I think he calls a better game than Flowers. I don't know enough about Cervelli. To have an opinion there. But, you know, think about what he... I mean, game one, he got an opposite field double. And he got another hit in game two. He was probably starting every game because of that double that he had in probably. game one. But I'm but just... Poor Flowers gets one at bat. Yeah. When it's a 13-1 ball game, Lace is a single. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could have... It was also probably that lefty-righty bullshit that everybody falls back into. But the thing is, like, the whole season you had done... And also, maybe they were concerned about the defensive uh, deficiencies that Flowers has. You know, all those pass balls he had all year. Well, that backfired. Well, McCann didn't have, like, really a, a, a bad defensive lapse till the game was already over in Game 5. So, I mean, you yeah. know, if, you know, you put a gun to my head, I would have probably done the same thing, honestly. As much as McCann was struggling uh, catching, I still would have probably started him just for the defense, is better than, than Flowers. Even though I know Flowers is, is good at framing pitches and all that, it's just like he lets too many too many balls uh, get past him, which he can't afford. Unfortunately, it didn't really matter at the end of the day. Like, when, like like we said in the preview show, if the middle of the order doesn't do their job, we will lose, and that's exactly what happened. Because even, even when the middle of the order sucked, we still almost won. We were one Freddie Freeman leaping catch. On that bullshit Molina hit. All those fucking Cardinals runs were, uh, so many of them were bullshit little hits where they're getting jammed and they just go with it the other way and they're not even hit that hard. Uh, With the exception of Goldschmidt and Ozuna. It's like all their other stuff were pop-ups and little things that were just hit in the right place at the right time. Classic St. Louis crap. God, I hate that team. And it just sucks the more that, that the Nationals end up winning and they get to play this shitty St. Louis team and are probably going to look great against them. Yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably go to the World Series. Ugh. That's why winning the division doesn't fucking matter. That's why every time I win the division, I don't care. Because it's like,
1: it, it doesn't
0: really matter at the end of the day. It matters because you don't have to play that wild card You don't have to game. play that wild card, but I'm just saying, you can still thrive as a wild card if, and, you, if you have your shit together. The Nationals lucked out to win that wild card game as well. true. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it's not. Everybody always reacts, like, with the division, like, oh, in the division. I'm like, I don't give a shit. What are you going to do in the playoffs? That's all that matters. And we didn't do shit again. What matters for us, because we know there's no way in hell an Atlanta team's ever going to win a one game playoff. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. You know? Yeah. Um, so w- I'm going to go back to game one for a second. Luke Jackson. Well, I, well before Luke Jackson, Chris Martin's called in. Which makes sense, but would you have thrown Freed out again for another inning after how good he looked in Game 1? Yeah, I would have. I thought he was going to. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that scenario. Uh, I was confused by a number of times where they didn't keep the pitcher in. Mainly... Mainly my boy, Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin looked fantastic. I, I hate to admit it, but he did. And, all the it, players Grandma said aren't major league caliber players were the only ones that stepped up in the playoffs. How crazy is that? Matt yeah. Joyce was also a loser in this series. Yeah. Um, I think I said Matt Joyce was going to go down in history for being like... One of his postseason unlikely heroes. Heroes, yeah. Mark, Mark Lemke. Limp- that, that was a terrible take on my part. On on paper, it looked good. He slaughters right-handed pitching all year. He, he was. I think he got one hit in game two, and that was it. Um,
2: Ugh,
0: I'm just so depressed, Graham. Like, so many things could that could have... Not to interrupt you here, but... Yeah, I don't know. Just like even with like Culberson and Camargo being out, who knows what happens if we have those guys around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your boy, I'm involved, probably doesn't make the roster. That's true. That's a good point. But I don't know, man. It just sucks. It does. It was... Uh, I will say that there was some... There were some really nice moments, at least that we had. If you want to try to put some sort of silver lining on it, even though it doesn't really matter at this point. Adam Duval pinch at home run, even though I hated the move, it was very exciting just because Folti was pitching the game of his life and we threw eighty one pitches. And we were at, we were at that game, Graham. We were at that game. That was, that was beyond was, awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, Mike Soroka's and Folti's perform you know Mike Soroka's performance in Game Three and Folti's performance in Game Two were tremendous pitching performances. Um. the Adam Duvall and Dansby coming in in the ninth inning we're down one nothing, looking like we're going to lose the hard-fought game in game three uh, that was that was the most exciting inning since 1999 when Eddie Perez was hitting home runs to become the NLCS MVP I mean that was that was the most excited I've been as a Braves fan and God knows when Um. so that was nice I want to throw some shade though at uh that was Keuchel. Yeah, I still will go back, and I will say this on my deathbed: your best pitcher all year. And I said this beforehand. And this is not hindsight. Twenty twenty. Your best pitcher is Soroka. I want him pitching as many times as he can in a five-game series. Only pitched once, and he was unbelievable. And you can look at all those home road splits all you want, but let's not forget Keuchel's ERA this year on the road and his WHIP were terrible. His ERA on the road was five, and you want him, and you want him to pitch on the road. Where he sucked and we had to come back and bail his ass out. I mean, imagine if Soroka goes out and throws daggers in game one and we actually fucking win the thing and then he can go pitch game four and win the fucking thing. I mean, that, that is a huge decision. A huge decision. I know you brought in Kaiko to be the guy, but he never really, I mean, he had stretches where he's impressive, but he was never the guy you really wanted. And I know everybody was just saying he's got the postseason experience, he's the veteran and the blah, blah and the blah and the blah, the blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, like I always say, power pitching wins in the playoffs. Our power pitchers did really well. Our, our, uh, our, our, our movement guys, with the exception of Tomlin, and our guy that we were depending on to carry us, the guy we paid $13 million to carry us in the playoffs, did shit. And he was a part of getting us to the playoffs. But it's just a fucking shame that that, that decision was made. I still think Soroka would have been the guy, regardless of the splits. Because you still could have pitched him on the road. And at home. Yeah, you could. I mean, we discussed this beforehand. We both understood the logic. Yeah, like if Game One goes differently, you're set up beautifully by having Soroka there to pitch that Game Three, and you or, know, or four, or four, and maybe win a series on yeah. the road. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can't. I can't play the second guess game. But I'm just saying, it's like that was something we no that's identified, identified before. That's big. That's big. And I yeah. just don't know. Like, you got a guy who's been just you know. Okay, for the most part, and I had his stretch where he was good, and then you have and, and the best pitcher on the staff. Only going one game. In fairness, I thought Keiko was pulled a little early in game one. He was, which kind of set us up for the bullpen being stretched yeah. too thin. Yeah, um, there's another classic case of Snicker pulling guys too too soon. I think. He, I mean, even though the Duvall thing worked out, I still would have rather faulty stayed in just because he was like no one could touch him. That slider was beautiful. Well, you can't you can't second guess the ones that work out too. I'm just saying on paper. Like I mean you can still say if you That was a sweet moment when that happened. That was great. Don't get me wrong. It's just I've never been so happy as an Adam Duval fan. Oh yeah, you're a bit Adam Duval advocate. He he made he made you I've look pretty back pretty for smart. the last year and a half. I even said like Graham and I were uh throwing up some bros behind us at the Braves game mm. at game two. And uh they were with Graham, on that was a terrible decision. I think that guy, who I'm pretty convinced is a user of this podcast based off uh, how they were and uh, sure. some of the, I mean, they made some good, brave points, but they were jackasses like us. Um, but he was like, I don't care if this works out. Like, that's just the wrong decision, which is something you say all the time. Yeah. And I was like, even if he goes yard, you're going to be mad. He's like, Yeah. And then, like, 15 seconds later, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Hugging, high five and the shit. I think I broke some lady's wrist in front of us. That's fair. Um, so we got some good moments out of this one. That's that's the thing about sports, man. Like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Like, I mean, we're always going to remember Acuna's playoff grand slam, grand slam last year. I'm always going to remember that being at that game too, and just how intense that was. With Folti stepping up, Duvall stepping up, us being at Brewhouse. Watching Dansby get that hit. Eating my tomato basil, tomato basil soup. You're eating your tomato basil soup. Wolfing it down, being like, Goddamn, uh, God damn, fuck a Jesus Christ. I mean, there's good moments, but uh, the shit moments certainly uh, stick with us a little longer, don't they? They do. So I think the big takeaway from this is, is maybe Soroka should have pitched. Game one, so he could pitch again because he's been our best pitcher. Missed opportunities with all the errors the Cardinals made and all the opportunities they gave us. All the all the guys we got on base that we couldn't drive in, and uh, just Acuna not running on that double in Game One. That that hurts. Um, for that, sure. That does it does suck that our best player who played the best out of everyone still has things you could, he had those just dumbass moments in yeah. Game One. And you really hope that from a maturation standpoint, he can you know, move forward through that. And I know he publicly he apologized to Snicker. He apologized for on the team. When he had a double in game two, he almost like fell over himself. He was running so hard. I'll say this though. I feel like all those guys that were giving him shit, Freddie Freeman included, they need to apologize to Acuna. Yeah. I mean, Freddie did admit he's like, you can put this whole series on me, which yeah. isn't totally true, but you could put a lot of it on him. Yeah. I mean, if, if he gets any hits in game four, yeah, even if he would he, he come up with the bases loaded twice. Yeah, I think I can't remember. He came up and runners in scoring position multiple times in that game, and he I think struck out both times. And yeah. for his, de- I mean, his for his defense to slip too. It's just like that's not the type of like I always pictured Freddie Freeman being a big game player. Yeah, he's got he's starting to develop that unclutch Braves gene. If you look at his postseason statistics, wildcard game he had like five hits. And then the next year in the Dodgers, he hit, like, 350. And then last year against the Dodgers, he hit, like, 250. This year, 200. It's just slowly gone down. And I, I just fear that this, this unclutched bullshit just – I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain. It's just like – it feels like every time we get in the postseason, our best players who have been on the team for a while just struggle and scuffle and just can't do shit. And it's so – Frustrating. And it's just like, I, I know the pitching's better in the playoffs, but honestly, the only guy who was really that great, well, Wayne Wright was great and Flaherty was great, but Dakota Hudson wasn't that good. We could have scored eight runs off that guy. Miles scored we could have scored six or seven runs off of him. So it's like, this was the one series where we weren't going up against some juggernaut, three headed monster pitching staff like the Dodgers always have or the Astros had in the, the mid 2000s and. And things like that, where it was like, this was the best chance we've had in so fucking long, and we just shit the bed like we always do. More talent, better, better team, more talented, overcame more to get here. At least we're not the Dodgers. At least we're not the Dodgers and spent $150 million in blue. And won like 107 games. And won 100, yeah, 106 games and, and, and lost to the, to the Nationals. And lost back-to-back World Series. And lost back-to-back. That's true. That's true. And we've won a World Series since the Dodgers. Hey, here's, here's my other silver lining, Graham. Yeah. Dodgers haven't won a World Series since 88. Um, personal silver lining... Is it going to be a better weekend for me to go to Clemson? Yeah, get the fuck out of town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so something, something exciting to look for, but I was kind of thinking because so, we we always compare this Braves team to the past Braves teams, mm-hmm. which is understandable, but you can't truly do it. Like Freddie's the only guy that was on what the 2010 team. Yeah, I mean he was 2013. Ba- he, he was team. barely on the 2010 team. So like these aren't the same players. Although they, they got an itch of this. McCann, I guess. Is. Choking. Yeah, well, whatever. He's gone now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But McCann's retired. The point is, the future is certainly bright. And oh, I'm, yeah. And I'm hoping what we see it was kind of like with Clemson. Clemson was always known for choking, they had that catchphrase, Clemsoning. They always had a bunch of talent, get to the big game, somehow lose it at the end. And it was a couple years of Clemsoning. Where it's like, we got all this fucking talent. We know we should beat these teams. Something goes wrong. And then finally, one day you just break through. And then after that, national championships. So, I'm hoping we're just seeing the Clemsoning stages of this core right now. Of this core. Of this core, yes. The Ronald Acuna, Soroka, Albies, Dansby, that core. Yeah. This is them taking their hits. They're going to come back hungrier than ever. Yeah. and uh, Like, if we win the division next year, I don't want to see any celebration. I want to see, like, a stoic locker room because that's not, like, don't even celebrate. Don't do it because that's not, like, you can't celebrate until you win a postseason series. Yeah. Anything else is unacceptable. This is already unacceptable. It is. For some reason, I don't feel as, sh- I mean, I feel shitty. I feel, I feel awful. awful. I know, but I think, like... 2013, I felt so terrible with like Chipper retiring and all that. No, 2012. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think 2012, I felt so terrible with like Chipper retiring, and that was like truly like the end of an era. Yes. That was our last chance. We have more chances, but one of these days we got to do it, Graham. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's going to be- Are we going to be doing this damn podcast when we're 65? I'm talking about. Remember in 2024 <laughs> when Freddie Freeman was retiring and we we're up two games and nothing in the Division Series and. Um, uh, Adam Cloud Jr. blew that goddamn lead in the ninth inning. He's on a fucking closer. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably so. That's I would not be surprised. If you have a child, he cannot be drafted by the Braves. Or me. Or you. Yeah. We we have that choke gene in us, Adam. We can't do it. It's true. That, that would just be sabotaging them. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, I think one of these days when the Braves do break through... I won't say when, I'll say if, because who knows. It'll be like the sweetest fucking thing because for the true blue fan out there who's stuck with them through thick and thin, of which I know there are thousands, millions. Uh, I mean, this was America's team when we had the TBS Superstation. We were on there every night. It will be the sweetest thing. And hopefully it will be an avalanche effect where that's the new standard and we can win a championship or something. Because... As much shit as people give Atlanta fans, I'll say this. I mean, people, like the television ratings were way up. Attendance was way up. We got 2.6 million people inside the building uh, throughout the whole year with a stadium that only takes 40,000 people. That's really good. People are into this team. People love this team. And the people that come out and, and, and spend the money uh, deserve a champion. And we have to strive for that, and anything less is unacceptable with the amount of talent we have in this roster. And I know that the team did better than anyone thought they would this year, too. Remember, I was one of the people that—the I like the biggest fucking crow that is flying in the sky right now. I said we were going to win 85 games and maybe make the wild card. We kicked ass and won the division. We might—you know, we, we, it's possible that uh, we will have absolutely—in the regular season, we destroyed— Either way, we destroyed the National League champion in the regular season. We beat the shit out of the, the the Nationals during the regular season. We beat the shit out of the Cardinals in the regular season. But it's not good enough just to do that. And once again, like I said with the Falcons, we need a higher standard. And we have to demand things. Like if we have the same bullshit again next year, I mean, think about the Red Sox. When this stuff happens to the Red Sox. The Red Sox are one year removed from winning the World Series. They just fired their general manager for not making the, the postseason. So we have to not get into a thing like with um, – Like with Bobby, as much as I love Bobby, but I got to the point where it's just like the same shit over and over again. And as much as I love Bobby, it's like that's not acceptable. It's not. And eventually you got to know when when time has run out. The Cubs just fired Joe Madden, who won their first first championship in 108 years. He's only, what, two, three years removed from that, and they just said, no, you missed the playoffs. Like, you're done. So I'm just saying we have to be, as, as a fan base, as an organization, we can't accept failure. And if it gets to the point where we have two more years of this or something, where we get the division series, we have a very talented team and we lose, you know, you got to change. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, you you get what I'm trying to say. I hope. What the hell are you saying? That okay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, we're starting to set records like amongst those like Cubs teams that lost year in and year out. I think I heard we, we we've lost like the most consecutive division series. Yeah, like ten in a row or something since like all the like the Cubs. Yeah, like it's before bad. they won the World Series. It's bad. Eight of those ten have been won on our home field by another team. Centrist Park has joined Turner Field as being a house of horrors. Um, and those visiting club rooms have seen a lot of celebrations. They have. Um. Oh, speaking speaking of fans. They need to refund all those poor bastards that went to game five. Yeah. That all was right. fucking bullshit. Thank the good Lord you and I did not go. I looked on Tuesday and I said, No, oh, Sand Room's only 40 bucks. Get there. You know, I wake up early. I'll get there, go to Chop House. And I said, You know what? After we lost that game four like that, I can't put myself through this. If we lose this game, I'm going to be a wreck. I didn't dream it'd be anything like that, but thank Christ I didn't go. And everyone who did, Thoughts and prayers. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Do you want to talk about this tomahawk chop controversy? I don't want to get too far into it, but I'll just say it's really soft to stop a tradition that's been going on since the early 90s because the opposing pitcher complained about it. Like, not nationwide outcry. Like, there, I mean, there's little pockets of it. But for the opposing pitcher to be like, I mean, I understand his point. Yeah. But just the principle that, like, oh, let's change our home field advantage just a tad. And I'm not saying we lost because we didn't have no. foam tomahawks. But it makes it a different environment. And that just shows weakness to me to cave... For game five, not yeah. even game one, game five, yeah. the biggest game of the year. That's when you were like, okay, let's not upset the opposing team's pitcher. Yeah, and I can definitely be sensitive to the the guy's uh, point. You know, he is of Native American descent. Anyway, Maybe he was just trolling, though. He probably doesn't been. give a shit. Yeah, who knows? But I'm just saying, like, whatever, regardless. Anyone who's of Native American descent has more of a uh, – should have more of an opinion about the political nature of – the morality, whatever you want to say about the Tom that's fine. But I agree in the sense, and I thought the Braves initially handled it well when they said, we hear the guys' complaints, we're going to address this after the season, we'll talk about it. And I was like, okay. But, yeah, I agree, to, to just not do it for Game 5 is soft. It's almost as soft as um, Flaherty hitting Acuna in, in Game 5 and then we don't retaliate. Um, I don't know if Flaherty was trying to hit him. He denies he was, but it just seemed like... And there's a lot of chatter going back and forth between Molina, Martinez, Acuna, And Ronald did show his ass again, I think, quite a bit in this series. Uh, you know, doing his home run sidestep trot at third base in game one when we we're still down by a run. And he's one of the reasons that we don't have an extra run or two. Um, you know, to do that was bullshit. And, you know, mentally he made some some mistakes, and I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just It just feels like there's just more things piling up in my head, and I'm just going to get emotional and start crying like an old lady or something in a minute, or a young lady, or a young man, or whatever. I don't even know what to say to it, but back to the tomahawk shop <laughs> I agree with, with what you're saying, but at the same time, I get where people are coming from with being offended by it, but let's... It's just... I'm going to take a less neutral stance that you're taking here. There's not that many people offended by it. There's a few vocal minorities that are actually offended by it and we're listening to them. Yes. I mean, we're not going to get into all of it, but like, just don't cave before the biggest game of the year. Yeah. And then to have that even be a conversation going on an hour before the game? Not good. No. Not good message to the fan base. That's... That's stupid. Yeah. Like but I said, address it after the year. It's true to Atlanta. It it's not just the team on the field making mistakes. The The front no, not even front office, I don't know who's in control. Organization. Someone in the organization. Yeah. They're choking too. Yeah. They have probably had a huge meeting going back and forth. Do we pull the Tomahawks? Do we not pull the Tomahawks? Sweating left and right. Yeah. And As if, finally if they, someone just blurts off. Just ball them. Yeah. Just a waste of a bunch of tomahawks, too. There's probably pallets of tomahawks just sitting out probably. there. Um, I think this covers it. I don't have much to say about the Braves at this point. I think we'll mention that the Falcons officially suck more than we ever thought they could. Hey, plus, not, I'm more excited about the Falcons game than I would have been. Got oh, have, I don't know if excitement's the word I'll use. I'll say I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more obligated to watch it than I would be if the Braves were playing at the same time, for example. Yeah, I've never been so neutral watching the Falcons game Sunday before the Braves game. Yeah, when I was listening on the radio, I was driving back in town before game uh, three, and everything that was happening, I was like, whatever. I'm like, of course. Like I said, Deshaun Watson's going to kill us. I thought DeAndre Hopkins was going to kill us, but Will Fuller wound up killing us. 215 yards, three touchdowns. He could have had five touchdowns, honestly, because he caught two, caught two balls near the goal line. That you got stopped at the one yard line, it was just a complete travesty of a game. At least the offense actually put up some points, but to give up forty seven points on defense <laughs> in today's NFL, regardless of how much of an offensive league it is, just shows how shitty this team is. I was watching like some dude on Twitter does a great job like breaking down like uh, formations, mm. um, and he'll show you the plays like with just little dots instead of the players, so you can see. And it's like. It was a third and four, I think, and we rushed three, kept two back for two quarterback spies, and then went man across the board. And there was no, no safety <laughs> help. No. Everyone was just going man. And he just throws it right up over Isaiah. No, I think it was over Trufant this time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Isaiah Oliver doesn't know what the hell he he's got doing. fucking burned. And that's the big problem, I think, with Dan Quinn's system. Like... Kiki Kuti, their third wide receiver on the Texans, is saying, this system is bullshit. It is soft. Everyone knows it. It is easy. Everyone knows it. We know exactly how to attack it. And they never make any adjustments. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds about you know, true to Atlanta. That's Mike Smith, Dan Quinn for you. Um, but it's just incredible to me. how you know, Dan Quinn refuses to blitz anybody. He refuses to alter his scheme. His scheme is predicated on players executing. It's a very simple scheme. If the players aren't good in the scheme – we're going to fail, and none of the players are good in this game. We don't get any pressure. The Texans have given up at least two sacks to opposing defenses going back, I think, a, two years. You know how many quarterback hits we got on Deshaun Watson? Don't say zero. One. One. Every other week, it was at least it was seven or more from other teams, but we got one. <laughs> With our great four-man pass rush that we're sending. It's unbelievable how fucking full of shit and arrogant Quinn is. Resigning Vic Beasley. Fucking never adjusting in game. Never sending blitzes. Doing the same thing over and over again. Giving up 47 points to the Texans. Getting hosed by Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. I can't remember who that other loser was that tore us up. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that or before that. Whenever the fuck. Who was the other loser? Some bum. Uh. Marcus Mariona, Making him <laughs> look like goddamn Joe Montana. They're one of the worst receiving cores in the league. Their two receivers had... The one guy, the A.J. Brown, had 91 yards and two touchdowns. The other guy had like 100 yards. I can't remember. Was, Corey Davis had like 120 yards receiving. This is pathetic. I don't. I lost complete faith in Arthur Blank as an owner for not firing Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's faith is gone. I don't care if he wins out somehow. Fuck that, man. And it's not going to happen. If he wins out, we'd be 12-4. and four. We'd he's be 12-4. and four. He's not getting fired. Okay, that's fine. I know. I'm just... I'm trying to use some extreme example. But I don't even care if we win this game against the Cardinals. Because it doesn't mean anything. You can't beat any of the teams that are actually decent. You are, in your lifetime as a coach, 1-12 against the AFC. Fuck you. You're not a head coach in the NFL. You're not worthy of this position. You're not worthy of this team. You have squandered talent and a championship window, and he honestly should have been fired after the fucking Super Bowl. Fuck this shit. I'm done with Dan Quinn. And Dimitrov, they both need to be gone. It is over. I think you saved your anger for the Falcons, Scream. At least with the Braves, I have something to look forward yeah, to. And I hear what you're saying, but any time you make absurd statements like he isn't an NFL coach when he is an NFL coach, you said Adam Duvall's not a major league caliber major player. league caliber player either. So. Over the course of a season, I don't think he is that good. You just got to, Graham, I think you as a podcaster need to... But whenever I say this shit, they do really well. So maybe Dave (laughs) Quinn's going to be like, all right, we're going to completely change our defensive scheme. We're going to come in here really hot, excited, and we're going to do some things differently. And we're going to take advantage of a rookie quarterback who has played five games in the NFL, and we're going to send some blitzes, and we're going to make him feel uncomfortable, get out of his comfort zone, we're going to fucking win the thing. But no, what's going to happen is four-man rush. No one can get pressure. Tack sucks. Vic sucks. Grady Jarrett's the only man on the defensive line. Here's a deep pass over Isaiah Oliver's head. To And their whole receiving core is banged up. The only guy they got is, is Fitzgerald right now. But Old you, man Fitzgerald's going to get like 150 yards receiving against us. Did you know we're actually top 10 in the league in blitzing? That is shocking. But we're dead last and pressure well, that's even worse <laughs> holy shit i thought we never really blitzed that much no, you, i usually just see like four guys running or maybe they're blitzing they just never even get under the screen that's you even, don't even notice. worse oh my yeah. god well that exposes my ignorance a little bit and it also <laughs> makes the joke of the falcons defense even more of a joke Yep, they're trying they're trying to get pressure I just don't see anything. It's like, everybody's got so much time to just sit back there. I don't care. Like, the Texans have one of the worst off the lines in the league, Adam. Like I said, they give up at least two sacks. Every well, f- a lot of that is Deshaun Watson running into sacks, too. Yeah, but we don't have enough pressure yeah, back he, there. So he, to, he to was able anything. to just stick in the pocket with us. Yeah. Tack having only half a sack is the biggest surprise of the year for me. Yeah, like in that Philly game, he didn't get a sack. But we got like, I think, four quarterback hits, like five or six pressures, something like that. I'm totally pulling that out of my ass. But I'm just saying, like, he was in Wentz's face against a relatively decent offensive line. So it's just like, that's totally fallen off. Desmond Trufant doesn't look nearly as good as he did. It's like, once we lost Keanu Neal, it was like, all hope is lost. Like, the, the defense just can't do anything. There's a lot of just guys who don't really know how to respond to, you know, being basically having their manhood questioned as well. I mean, like when people are asking like what the hell is going on, no one has a viable answer and everyone just looks kind of defeated. I mean, I watched Matt Ryan's uh, press conference with the sound off after the the Texans game. Well, I think it was in between an inning and game three. And I was like, oh, Matt Ryan on the podium. And I was like, I didn't even turn it on. He just looked so dejected. Like the face, the body language, the, uh, the look on his face—he j- he just looked like a totally defeated man. He's got to feel defeated after you know, he put up 32, 32 points, and, and that's not good enough. It should be more than good enough. Yeah, but that was just a joke. Like the way that we actually battled back to be in position to somehow win that game. Were in, I mean, the offense and then the defense yeah. just. They just march down the field, three, four plays, boom, 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 no problem. Like, yeah, and just the inability to make like, any adjustments. I mean, and the fact that it's literally Dan Quinn calling the plays. I mean, he's got no recourse anymore. He's He has laid his life on the line here. we got to go back and wonder about drafting two offensive linemen in the first round now instead of addressing all these issues on defense. I wonder if it's more of the scheme doesn't suit these players or if the message is lost. I, I don't know because I, I feel like we have – Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at a lot of the defensive issues. With you know, Tack is clearly a subpar player in my eyes at this point. Vic Beasley is the worst. Um, You know, even Deion Jones has been. You know, he's not really stuffing people the way he used to. It's not making a difference. Yeah, it's like we're giving up big runs. You know, we're allowing Carlos Hyde, who has one of the worst um, yards per carries in the NFL for a lead back. I mean, he only got sixty three yards or something. But I mean, like he was getting good rushes all day. Um and a touchdown. It's just like I don't know, there's just nothing really more to say about them. There's just, there's bad. They're bad. There's a bad team, bad defense with a suspect offense that can sometimes do well but has a shitty running game and is very one-dimensional, very predictable. Um and in the meantime, our 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 great Kyle Shanahan's just leading San Francisco to a 4-0 record out west. Yeah, someone was asking. They're like, "Do you think Shanahan will come back and be Fuck the head that. coach of the Falcons?" No way. He's got a better situation in San Fran now than he does than the Atlanta. Yeah, the roster. defense in San Francisco is lethal. They're top five across the board. With a from you know, and the, and the guys, the head coach is actually doesn't give a shit about defense at all, or not only doesn't give a shit, but you know, that's not a, that's not his specialty. A guy who who specially it is, but you hire a defensive coordinator. Yes, you do, but a guy who specialty it is to be a defensive guy has. One of the worst defenses in the league, and other than that, the Redskins and the Dolphins, uh, and there's probably one more I'm forgetting. But I'm like we're like top, like bottom five worst defense in the league. You look at every single. I don't care if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at normal statistics or, or or advanced metrics, Pro Football Focus, like our efficiency, like we're we're just pathetic. You know what sucks for Coach Bro personally when he gets fired. He's not going to be able to come back as a D coordinator anywhere. What has he done? Like You look at the Falcons' defenses since he's been here. No one's going to want to hire that guy as a D coordinator. He's, he's going to have to be a special teams guy again. The best defense we had, I would argue. I mean, you can look at that second half of the year and the Super Bowl run when he took over as D coordinator. But for a full season, the best defense we have is that uh, 2017 team with Marquon Manuel, the team that, that beat the Rams in the playoffs. I mean, that wasn't like – a world-beating defense, but we kept we 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 stopped people from scoring. It just sucks that I mean, the day after baseball season is one of the worst sports days for me. Which you and, which you look forward to every year now. Not look forward to, but you know it's coming in a in a dark and depressing way. Yeah, the I, opp- opposite the of look forward to. Yes, you dread. I dread. Yes, yeah, and it's here, and we got the shitty football team. So we can't even like get excited about them. Um, we should get excited about the United, Graham. They're the only team in the city that wins shit, quoted by Joseph Martinez, which is, which is fair. But we're not. But we're not. <laughs> it's just not in our blood. Um, I want to get excited about the Hawks, but you know. they they I did appreciate when they put the Hawks on at the bar. Yes. During the, the preseason game. game. They said, something to look forward to. And everyone was like, Sire! That was the loudest. Anyway. DeAndre Hunter looks solid through the first couple of preseason games. Yeah. It's like he's going to step right in and be an NBA player. I couldn't even really watch it. I mean, I, I would, like, stare at it every once in a while, but I was, I was so depressed about the Braves. I've learned about myself <sighs> this week. Oh, yeah. How much of my free time goes into sports. sports. I just listened to, like, a shit ton of, like, Joe Rogan podcasts yesterday instead of sports, which is a good change of pace. Sure. But, um... Yeah, it was weird not – like I didn't re- even realize until the day after that the Nationals had come back and beat the Dodgers. That was the worst part is I came home and I, was, I looked at the score, and I was like, okay, good. I'll watch the Nationals lose, and it'll make me feel a lot better. And then back-to-back home runs off Kershaw. Grand slam Howie Kendrick in the ninth inning or eighth inning or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, my fuck. These assholes are going to go to the NLC. They're getting what we want. Yes. Their three, four, five hitters stepped up. Yeah. Soto, Rendon. I tell you what, I'd back up a truck full of money to Anthony Rendon. i say whatever the fuck you want. Although now if the Nationals are like World Series contenders, he'd probably just stay there. Maybe, who knows? I'm just saying, he's going to go into free agency. He's going to touch the waters. I would do whatever it took. But unfortunately, I know their payroll limitations, our financial flexibility, we, we covet. We will probably not uh, cross that line. No, we'll get into off-season shit later. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's tie a bow up on uh, 2019, Graham. Failure of a season, although it was fun, but a failure nonetheless. We'll hope that we do better next time. But like I said, stick with this team. If they break through, it will be glorious. And they have the tools to do it. The only question is, can they, when it absolutely matters. Regular season doesn't matter anymore. It matters to get there, but you know what I'm saying. Do they have the mental fortitude and the clutch ability to come alive when it matters most? We'll be waiting to find out the answers, like the rest of you. Another answer, how hurt was Freddie Freeman? That'll come out soon. And I hope that he gets surgery. The fact that he didn't get surgery, and this has been lingering for years, is beyond frustrating. You've got to think, if he's totally right, he's more of a factor at the plate. What, are you a doctor now? But I'm just saying, he says he's dealt with it for a couple of years, he never got it cleaned up. Because he's like, oh, we just rested and it was fine. But why not just clean it up and, uh, in the off season? Maybe the doctor's advised against it. Maybe so, I don't know all the answers, but... <laughs> you have some of the answers, Graham. Elbow gate. I know about wrists, Adam, but I don't really know anything about elbows. Yeah, we have learned what a wrist is. Yes. We are I guess that for it. that could be our off-season project. What is an elbow? What is an elbow? How do why they, does it hurt? How do they function? Worse than other things. The heel of my foot has been hurting for a while. I'd like to know why that hurts. We'll talk about heels next time. Too. Okay. I think the next podcast will just be an anatomy lesson because we still got another what week or so before the Hawks actually yeah. start. Well, here's the thing. I know what my heel is. Hmm. I just don't know why it hurts or how to fix it. Because here's the kicker: with heels, you're walking on them all day. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's no way to really rest it. Right. Unless you're sedentary. So maybe me and Freddie can get our ailments cleared up at the same time? Yeah, get us some inside information. Okay. I'll go find Freddie's doctor. I'm sure elbow and heel doctors are the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. You specialize in elbow, you better specialize in a heel. Right. If you don't, then you should have your medical license taken away from you. Or you're just not reaching as many uh, potential clientele. Yeah, you're limiting yourself. Yeah, just irresponsible. Yeah. Well, this was this was something expecting some catharsis, but I got I got nothing out of it. Not get nothing. You know what I mean? I don't feel any better. Well, yeah, the results are the same. Right, but you know, it's like therapy. You expect talking about it make you feel better. It doesn't it makes you feel shittier. <laughs> eventually you'll you'll you may feel better if the therapy's good but and, but when you first talk about your problems you're still gonna you're gonna feel like shit because it's well, well, jostling i a bunch of stuff you don't want to talk about or here it makes I'm, you vulnerable i'm more of a um repressing problems type of guy myself classic white guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just shove those things way down there like can't kill and then they come out in other ways that are not really related to what you're upset about other aspects of your life are affected. Oh, yeah, I'm i have got to just flip on somebody. Exactly. No good reason. Sorry, sir, we're out of Miller High Life. What the fuck <coughs> is the matter with you? You go back there and you find one now. Sorry. i that going to wrap up the show. <laughs> I think we'll just let this one. <laughs> yeah, no TBS music. We don't deserve it. Yeah. This will be, uh, we'll have a song here for you all that will wrap you in a, a bed of, of, of misery and depression. That's very appropriate. Enjoy. Ooh, Johnny Cash hurt? <laughs> no.
1: Shadows are falling, and I've been here all day. It's too hot to sleep, and time is running away. Feel like my soul has Turned into steel I've still got the scars At the sun in There's not even room enough To be anywhere It's not dark yet is getting there And my sense of humanity Has gone down the drain Behind every beautiful thing There's been some kind of pain She wrote me She wrote it so kind She put down and wrote What was in her mind I just don't see why I should even care It's not dark yet London, and
2: I've
1: been to Cane Marine I followed the river And I got to the sea I've been down like I'm moving but I'm staying